What's up, guys? Welcome once again to the Safety to You podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. With me, as always, two of my best buds, Shanae Howard. What's up? Tom Shelby. Check out the Sizzler. Yeah, so... Sizzler fa- suicide uh, drink. Shanae has never been to a Sizzler, which is alarming. Is it the same thing as Chili's, basically? No. Or Applebee's? I just, I literally just told you. Is it like Applebee's? If you want to impress a lady, and you don't really got money for Red Lobster right now, you go to Sizzler because it's the next best thing because they're comparable in that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's seafood? Basically. It's surf and turf. Ah. Okay. Do they have cheesy biscuits? Uh, Those are called cheddar biscuits. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, for someone who works at a fine dining restaurant, it's weird that you don't know what a cheddar biscuit is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, all right. So last week uh, when we were together, we, uh, yeah, Tom, you showed us uh, the, what uh, what remains of Edith Edith Finch. I did. Uh, I wasn't around for the end of that. Um, Shanae, how did you feel at the end of that game? Um, sad. Yeah. Does it does it get does it progressively get- bum you out more? the farther it goes in. I feel like with Edith Finch, uh, because I was not by myself and Tommy was guiding it. Yeah. That uh I just like plateaued on the bummer. Mm. I think that there are many different ways to interpret the story that that game has to tell. Sure. Um and I think that you can interpret many of those stories as being quite happy. Expound upon that. Uh, sure. So, like, I don't want to give spoilers away. Sure, sure. But you can go watch our full playthrough if you would like to. There are people that die in that game that... Okay, so, like, for instance, there's this one guy who dies, right? Every, right. Oh, everybody dies. But he's he's been kept... uh Not kept in captivity. He's been isolated from the world right for a long period of time and just as he goes to see the world for the first time in decades he, he dies killed. yeah um but as that as he, as he is walking out of that place he talks about how wonderful it would be to experience life if even for a year or a month or a week and he keeps counting down um, and he saw, he sees a very beautiful sight before he dies. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are, are I would say definitely ha- stories in it that can be seen as happy. No, I don't, I don't think it's it, happy, but I definitely up. see as like not the worst death ever, ever. Yeah. Um, agree to disagree. Uh, you know, there, and one of the cool things about that was, uh, there were some, um, there were some stories that like could have been taken literally mm-hmm. or could have not have been sure because uh, some of them like went into the realm of like the supernatural or you know things like that and i remember asking you about one of them you know is like is she literally talking about like i i i guess i can't really give the example because i don't want to spoil it but right is she really talking about the thing that she says is happening right now and you were just like she could be yeah, well, so the devs say it's up for interpretation. Yeah. The way that I interpret Edith Finch is that, yes, all of those crazy mystical things are actually happening. Right. That's the way that I see it. Yeah. Um, because of certain things that have been said to be canon. So when the game came out, there was a big Reddit post on the connection to the Unfinished Swan, and the developer of the game said that 
uh, that yes, that is canon. And if that is canon, then we know these crazy magical things happen in this universe. Sure, sure. So. And it starts off the family being cursed and right. like a boat. Sure, but yeah, I mean, you could interpret that in different ways. Is it cursed or is it coincidence, right? Like, because yeah. I feel like people they talk about you know bad circumstance a lot. It's like the whole pol- the the whole poltergeist thing. Like those deaths happened, yeah. but no one like definitively says, yeah, that's a curse that exists in real life, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and I guess, okay, so I guess after going through that with you, um, going through that game with you guys, um, and, you know, other, I, not comparable experiences, but similar gameplay experiences uh, with, uh, uh, with you, Tom, mm. like, um, and thinking about those uh thinking about those titles and 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 i guess how they are defined and i guess what i wanted to ask you uh tom serious question what is a video game you're saying this because of our kind con- of short conversation we had the other week mm-hmm. so uh, ryan and i ha- wait first of all what format are we going with because we're gonna have trivia or not yeah, I was like, are I we going to have a can I finish or no? Mm-hmm. Okay, you just want to get into this first because the can I finish? Okay, because you, Shanae, I feel like you really, you would really like to have one of those. <laughs> you would like to have an opportunity to get one of those. Um. Okay. Yeah. So last <laughs> week after the show, Ryan and I had a brief discussion about video games in general, um, and that I think that the. As an industry, they need new terminology for what this product is that sure. they sell. Um, because not all video games are games. Sure. Right? We have things like Tetris. Tetris is obviously a game. Street Fighter is obviously a game. Whereas something like Firewatch or What Remains of Edith Finch, I wouldn't necessarily call a game. You don't win those games. You finish them much in the same way you finish a book or a movie. It's kind of, um, it, honestly, just very, just very similar to a visual novel. Right. So my whole argument was that we we need new terminology for this. Um, and and Ryan's first instinct was like, well, what's it matter? Let's just call it that. You know, that's what we've always called it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, if you think about other other mediums, I think about like movies. The word movie comes from moving picture picture. Much like a few years after that, we got talkies, right? Um, but that is not the terminology that the industry uses. The industry uses film, right, yeah. or cinema, yeah. um, which is more correct than movie, right? Right. Um, the movie sounds better. Sure. I'm just saying as an industry, I, I do feel like there, there does need to be new terminology. Now, what do I consider a video game? I consider a video game to be something like that, Tetris, Street Fighter, whatever. Now, will I still call Edith Finch a video game? Sure, because then people know what I'm talking about, you know? I'm not saying interactive video experience, right? Uh, but... You know, I do think there's a difference. Okay, so that is to that line with that line of reasoning. Uh, Edith Finch and other games of its ilk are not video games. I don't think so. I think you do gamey things sometimes in some of them. A lot of times you don't, right? Like, like in uh, Gone Home, you don't do anything that's particularly gamey. You sure. know, uh, Edith Finch, like there's the bathtub scene, and you're playing with stuff there, so that's sort of gamey. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they should be called video games. I will continue to use that terminology because that people will know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? 
Um, if I say interactive visual experience or video experience, a lot of people are not going to understand what I'm saying. Sure. Um, but I do think it needs to be expanded upon, and I think it will be eventually. Okay. Right on. You know, video. That, the term video game was coined with Tennis for Two, which is the first time we played a game with video, right? A game with mm-hmm. video. So, I don't know. Right on. All right. Uh, that was actually probably more of an answer than I was expecting with that question, but I'm actually glad that you answered the way that you did. Yeah. Uh, I got a bit ahead of myself, though, uh, because I did forget that uh, we have some trivia to to do. Do you have that? Do we have that prepared? Yeah. Uh, so the trivia section. Okay. We are calling. Can I finish? Can, Can I, I finish? finish? Okay. Right. So today is a new edition of. So Can the I finish? winner of Can I Finish mm-hmm. gets the right to cast Can I Finish. Wait. <laughs> do I have to roll for this? Oh, <laughs> cast. Okay. I thought you were like, is is there a movie based? On so that? if they are interrupted. Uh, they can, they can use the term, can I finish? And then that person who interrupted them cannot speak for the next 10 minutes. 10 solid minutes. I am out of this because I know the answer to this, right? I am, I am giving, I'm giving the questions. Okay. All right. Lay it on us. Okay. This one, you guys should already know, but I know both of you have seen the answer to this. Okay. Okay, because a long time ago, I decided I was going to do, uh, you know, bi-weekly meetings with with a calendar that I gave to you guys every Turok month. Goddess or Hunter. And all of that with, with trivia questions on there. Ashley Johnson, who portrays Ellie in The Last of Us, uh-huh. what TV show was she on as a little kid and who did she star as? Oh. Punky Brewster. You know what? Well, let's make it easier. Not who did she star as? What what TV show was she on as a, as a child actress? Uh, are hints allowed? Because I'd like to know. Twin Peaks. No. No. No <laughs> hints. It was a sitcom, I bet. Not even like a... Like... Growing Pains. Growing Pains is correct. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I like that. Chrissy Stever? Seamer? What were the what was the last name of that family? Stever, right? The Pains. The Pains, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Major Pain. Was it was Michael J. Fox on that show? Yes. Yeah. Uh did they have two daughters and a son on that show? Don't remember. Didn't watch a lot of it. Didn't either. I just remember watching that show and I just thought it would be an interesting thing because it is something that I know you guys both knew. Mm. At some point knew. May have lost it somewhere, but yeah. I, it's not something that you keep at the forefront. Ryan. Yeah. You've gained the right to cast Can I Finish? Cool. I like that. I like that. It, now, I thought about, and I may still implement in the future, mm-hmm. a consequence for losing Can I Finish. Ooh. But you already get the bonus of also at the I end, know, at the end of the show. But to really stick it to you. To really, the, you know, because really what's happening you. was, I think this episode's going to go long, so I'm just going to tell this anyway. Okay. We, you know, I was grocery shopping yesterday. Okay. And I was going what were you down buying? just grocery, regular groceries. And I was going down the the canned food section. Oh yeah, that's. And I saw section. a product that Ryan is fond of called Vienna sausages. Oh man, delicious! And I thought it would be really funny to buy a can of those, and whoever lost this would have to eat those. Oh, shit. I would not. Oh man, I 
I was, but then I, I was, was like, but yeah, but then I was like, well, that may, might be a reward for Ryan. So, oh man, yeah. that's win-win for me. <laughs> like, I just lose on purpose. So, oh uh, wait, wait, wait. I have always been grossed out by drinking the 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 fluid in the can. Mm, drink the Vienna drink. Yeah, v- drink the juice. So now you know Vienna sausages is mostly just chicken, right? You yeah. like chicken. You like chicken, right? That's all right. Okay, so uh, let me ask you this: How do you feel about the concept of canned meats? Do you like canned? I've, no. I'm actually really into. So you okay? So no Vienna sausages. I um, like sardines. I mean, I'll and they're supposed to be good for you. Yeah. You like? I'll, do you like spam? I, I will eat canned meat when, like, if I have to. But if I'm gonna buy uh-huh. like stuff, I'd rather like if I need shredded meat for something, I'd rather like. <clears throat> Just buy chicken breasts and like just make Sine, it myself. You've never gone to a restaurant and bought masubi and you're like, yes, I'm gonna eat that. No. No. Wow. Hmm. So you don't like deviled ham? No. How do you feel about pickled eggs? No. To be honest, I'm not really into that idea either. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge egg person in general. Oh, you got to drink the pickling fluid of the pickled egg jar. Egg juice. Egg juice. You got to drink the egg juice. That's a good idea. Well. Uh, but on another bonus that Ryan got uh, from finishing uh, from winning, can I finish? Uh-huh. Is at the end of the show, he also gets to talk about whatever he wants. Right, right, right. You get to promote something, uh, game related or not. Like, yeah, this this is all still very new to me. It's new to all of us. Winning. Yeah. This is episode one hundred and one. It's a it's a fresh start. Yeah. All right. It's a, this is a, this whole thing is very new to me, but I'll, I'll get the hang of it. Uh, <laughs> actually, um, I'm going to. I'm going to uh, let Shanae do that this week. I'm 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 gonna let you have that one. Cool. Okay. Oh. Uh. Can I cry? No. No, you cannot. I'm just. I'm done with you your crying. You cannot <laughs> cry. No. We're done with your crying. All right. So Shanae, I'd like to pose the same question to you. Uh, what is a man? The miserable pile of secrets. I do feel like uh, I do. I do agree with Tommy on some aspects. Like some things, like East Finch, aren't video games uh, per se. And I, like I said, I call it a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think video games at this point is just a broad term. When people like want to like specify after that, like if someone's like, "Oh, I play video games," or I'm at least like somewhat. Like into them, then you'd be like, "Oh, it's an RPG or an FPS or a visual novel," and then describe it more. Like, uh, I feel like we do have those terms. Maybe not everybody uses them, but I don't. Uh, but as far as video games, like an act, like I think it's fine as a broad term. But if we want to talk about what an actual video game is, in my opinion, it is something that, um, uh, you have to like uh, you have to do something. Well, you have to be able to fail, basically. <laughs> Okay. I feel like if you ha- if you can possibly lose it, then it's a game. Okay. I uh, if it's just like an adventure where like you don't lose it, you just can't progress. Then what's jump roping? Jump roping? Is jump roping a game? Yeah, because you can you can fail at that. You can be bad at jump roping. Okay, that's true. I'm I'm bad at jump roping. I I I don't know how I am anymore. Right. Uh. But, but yeah, as far as like what I think a video game is, I think it's something basically that you can fail at okay. to simplify it. Just something that like something that <coughs> challenge challenges you. It doesn't have to challenge you much. Like there is uh things I consider video games that like the Lego games that are 
basically all you have to do is make sure you uh like if you're stuck anywhere just look for a pile of bricks moving and press x you're not yeah. actually building it but it still has a lot of like i mean obviously it has platforming and other gamey things to it sure. even though it is easy okay uh do you think that a good story can carry bad gameplay yes okay can you think of an example when that has happened Um, I mean, the, the best, the, the example pops up to my mind is, um, what is the name of it? Uh, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's just a Japanese name anyways. Okay. But this Jas- Japanese Otomi game I played, like all the choices were really dumb <clears throat> and basically the same thing. So it wasn't really like playing a game. Okay. Or, like, having, like, oh, like, it's obvious, like, any of these, except for that one, are going to give you, like, a better ending. Okay. Uh, so, like, as far as that, like, as far as the Tommy games go, like, gameplay <laughs> does matter in the fact, like, what are your answers going to be? Like, is it super obvious? Uh, so, I guess, like, that had a really good story, but as far as actually playing through it, it was kind of boring, because I didn't feel like I had any real choices in it. Okay. Uh, just as an aside, because it just reminds me of something that you said a moment ago, uh... And this is also motivated by my almost complete ignorance on the subject. Uh, can you lose at an Otomi? Yes. Okay. There's plenty of them that you die or don't get any romances or like there's also like because you're tr- <clears throat> like a lot of people are trying to get a specific boyfriend when they go through a route or they start off with just like seeing all the personalities and then picking there. But normally uh, if you want to get any of their endings, you have to kind of stick with one guy for that playthrough so there's plenty of answers that are going to turn him off there's pl- there a lot of them have puzzles in them a lot of them uh have uh like some sort of interactive thing in it okay. a lot of them are like stat building like oh like you may be doing all the right answers for this guy but you haven't put any skills in art so he's not gonna like fuck with you yeah what do you guys think about heavy rain heavy rain you cannot lose that right uh, you die, the story continues on without that character. Right. But you can still fail at it. Like, you can still have all the people die. Like, you're trying... But the tra- story like- still ends. Like, there's st- it still comes to a conclusion, you know? Right. So, if, like, if we're talking about an experience where <clears throat> what would be considered the win condition is whether or not you complete the story... Sure. Then, in that capacity, you can't lose heavy <clears throat> rain. Well, if you want to get... And to be clear, I-, I would consider... I would lump heavy rain in with stuff like Edith Finch and all that, okay. you know? But... On, on, on that note, you know, that that is not something you I can really I wouldn't, lose. because what you do is affecting, like, I guess, like, what you, I was compared to Edith Finch, Heavy Rain, like, uh, there's plenty of things that you did that really affected uh, the outcome. And if you wanted a specific mm-hmm. outcome where they all live, then that's a challenge. Right. There's no, like, outcome in Edith Finch where they're all going to win or are all, like, are all gonna live or so, any of them so then there's the, the the desire of each individual player determines whether that's a game then yeah i can get behind that well see here's process. a here's a here's a thing to take into consideration too so uh i never actually i didn't play heavy rain but i did play indigo prophecy or uh as it's known overseas uh fahrenheit um and when you when you play that, it doesn't say new game or load game. It says new movie mm-hmm. or load movie. So, like, is that in and of itself it not considering itself to be a video game? I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, I think it doesn't really matter what... Like, creator's intent is important to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But whether they see their product as a game or not that has no effect on what I think of it. Yeah. You know? Um, so I wanted to, I want to pose the same question to you. Do you think, do you feel that a, uh, a good story can carry bad gameplay? Yeah, absolutely. And I've got what I think is probably the strongest example of it. Um, the last five Naughty Dog games. Okay. The entire Uncharted series and The Last of Us. Uh, I don't think that there's, I wouldn't call the gameplay in those games bad. I, I enjoy those games tremendously. I love those games. Would it's you not say exactly it's mediocre? Stellar, um, though. I would say the shooting has been done significantly better. The stealth has been done significantly better. The platforming, the crafting has been done better in many other games. Sure. It is the story and the acting and the performances that bring those together. Yeah. Um, and that, and you know what? That's what I look for in those games. I don't go into Uncharted because I want a good shooting game. I don't. Right. You know. Uh, and that was that's some. It's. I'm glad that you actually brought that up because there were. Uh, I didn't actually play through Uncharted three until just before I remember four came out. Yeah. Oh. And uh, what's up? Oh, nothing. Um, and I just remember, like, I to be honest, through most of it, I was not. In like the combat section, I was just not enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to see where that story was going uh, because I just become invested in right. those characters. And Uncharted Three has a great story, yeah. as do all of those games. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely where that studio's strengths are. Yeah, you know. Um, and I kind of feel like we definitely saw that in you know The Last of Us. Uh, you know, and 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 it's funny because I actually enjoy the uh, I enjoy like the combat and the stealth and everything else in the last of us quite a bit more than I enjoyed it in uncharted. And I also, you know, enjoy that story quite a bit too. So it's like, it's weird because it is an example though in uncharted where, you know, that story kind of carried me through that series because I didn't really start enjoying the gameplay in those games very much until uncharted four. I guess that's what I'm getting at, right? If, if uncharted or the last of us, came out with the exact same gameplay mechanics but a bad story nobody would be into those games yeah yeah people are into those games because of the stories they tell wow assassin's creed one assassin's creed one story didn't get me what did get me with assassin's creed one which is the only assassin's creed that i've ever finished besides the psp one uh was the historical authenticity of that game, which has since left that franchise. Mm, I mean, they still have, like, definitely historical, like, fun facts kind of in there more than, like... Sure, but... uh, But more than that, and they still have some things right, but they do take a lot of liberties. Right. But I I think the, like, the the historical, like, uh, authenticity of the first one... Plus, like, the story of how they're going about it, I think, was much better than the gameplay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the whole thing with Assassin's Creed 1 that has not continued throughout that series is every single person you assassinate in the first Assassin's Creed is somebody who historically disappeared around that time. Right. I think that's badass. That's yeah. what made me want to play that game. Because I, I do remember that you said, you know, you weren't really into the gameplay of... Yeah. of uh Still not of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, I'm still and, not. And it hasn't really changed that much yeah, over so the past it, one 10 to years. two yeah. is diff is is much different. Sure. Mm. Okay. 
Uh, People point to that very frequently, right? Yeah. That Assassin's Creed 2 was a huge leap forward. Uh you know, Assassin's Creed 2, I think, you know, is a go-to for, like, a lot of people's favorite in the franchise, but um, playing through that series over, you know, over the past decade, I just, I feel like that's where the uh, the innovation had stopped for me, but, you know, I guess I, I, at the same time, I was never really that invested into Assassin's Creed either. Well, look, now you're going to Egypt, all right? Yeah. You know what they do in Egypt? Uh, I don't. Mummies! That's right. Mummy. I actually do hope that there are some mummies in that game. Mumra confirmed. Mumra confirmed. Well, nice. see, I feel like mummies aren't outside of the realm of possibility for that to be in that game because in the, uh, I guess the trailer, I guess you want to call it, there was a giant serpent. What was that mummies TV show? Mummies Alive. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about that show the other day with somebody. Was there a game? I think so. Mm. I think there was a mummy. I think, but a lot, most of the kids shows around that time came out with a, with a video game. Because like immediately my brain is like, oh yeah, there's that fighting game. I was like, no, that's Darkstalkers. <laughs> like, that, that, is, that, is not that does have a mummy in it though. Right. Which is why that popped into my head. Yeah. But yeah. And surprisingly, that's not the only fighting game that I can think of that has a mummy in it. Mm-hmm. Shaq Fu. Fu also has a mummy in it. <laughs> Shaq Fu kind of has, oh well, I guess that's debatable. So what do you think? The boss of Shaq Fu, which I forget his name is basically a mummy with shoulder pads. Right. Uh, Set Ra was his name. Okay. But there is another character named named Memphis who has, like, tattered rags that looks very mummy-like. Mm. But I don't know so that, ma- that he's So you could say that there are possibly two mummies in Shaq Fu? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, there's uh, an, uh, a free Halloween Atomi game that okay. you can romance a mummy. Like, is it an actual mummy or someone dressed as a mummy? Shanae, you like romance and weird things. Uh, if first it was horses. Yeah. No, first it was now mummies. Then it oh, was horses. Okay. Wait, Let's so the order right. Mummies, werewolf, Dracula, then horses. Wait, hold like, on. I, I didn't also, know about the Dracula thing. I also like <laughs> how, how you didn't deny that you wanted to romance horses. Well, at this point, <laughs> yeah. there's just no denying it. Like, I try to play it off, but I just want to romance horses, man. Also, sure. I feel like it says a bit that I'm more surprised by the Dracula thing than the horse thing. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, so, Tom. What? I had a question specifically for you, actually. I have an answer. All right. So, uh, we talked about how the you feel like the term walking simulator uh, to describe games such as Gone Home or Firewatch is a bit of a misnomer. Yes. Um, what do you think specifically about, about that term, and how do you re- prefer to refer to those? So, I used walking simulator for a while, as a lot of other people did. Right. Um, uh, because that's just what people knew those games as. Right. Like with video games. Sure. Right? Like the term video games. Um, but then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, there are a tremendous amount of games uh, in which we walk. I right? was thinking about that today, yeah. We walk in a lot of games. Do a lot of walking in Turok. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's kind of reductive, uh, you know. So, like, I started thinking of, of other terms, and, and the term that people have seemed to have settled on is FPI, first-person interactive. Sure. Um, which I think is a better term, but at the same time, are we not interacting when we play Doom? Sure. Is that not a first-person game in which you interact? I had texted uh, you guys a term that I actually like. Let me see if I can find it. I'm saving the visual novel. Well, but at the same time, they're not all visual novels, though, right? Right. Some uh, are. Well, some are, but like to use that as a blanket term for all of them would be kind of... Uh, Incorrect. 
yeah, yeah. be misleading. Um, which I think that's I think that's just it. Which which Shanae, uh you know, spoke on earlier. I think like maybe we do need these blanket terms. Yeah, and it's not everything's going to fit into them. But you you know what I'm talking about when I say visual or visual novel. Right. You know what I'm talking about when I say walking simulator. Right. And maybe that's what's important. Uh, as long as it's not insulting, yeah, I'd, or reductive, I, I, you know? I do feel like uh, the term, but I, I do think walking simulator is a reductive term. Yeah, I, feel, I, I, I don't think first person interactive is. Yeah, I think that walking simulator is something that's kind of can definitely be construed as cons- uh, as insulting, right? Uh, considering you know what these people are putting into these experiences, right? Um, like for example, you know to to look at uh, to look at an experience like Firewatch or Edith Finch uh, and say just call it a walking simulator, um, which is kind of to ignore everything that happens around that, you know. Right. Um, you know, uh, like the term immersive sim has been thrown around a lot, um, and that's used to describe games like Deus Ex. Yeah. But like, is that not also an RPG? Is that not also a first-person shooter? Like, Shanae's right. There does need to be a blanket term for everything. I just think it doesn't need to be so. Yeah, you know. I heard uh, narrative exploration. I don't think that's bad. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but but once again, much much like first-person interactive, I think that applies to games outside that genre. Sure, you know. Sure. Because uh, I get. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Like. Uh, but I mean, there's plenty of games that like fall into multiple categories, but just by having one aspect of it. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I, like, not like necessarily to just reiterate, but I mean, like, <coughs> I don't think that putting something in like seven different categories is really gonna help terribly mulch. Yeah, right. Uh, but like, there's no, there's no way else to do it. Like, it's the same with music. People are like, oh, this is this genre, but it's also like this genre because like this album for like whatever band. And I feel like that's even more easily defined than video games are, you know. I mean, um, if someone like I honestly, I have such a hard time telling the difference between swamp or death metal. Like, well, I, sure, I, don't think, sure. I don't think it's like I'm not saying it's easy to define, but I think it's easier than video games. But I think also that with music, we kind of have the thing where a lot of the t- a lot of the ways that that's a lot of the time I see that stuff marketed as. For fans of this band, yeah, you'll like this band. It's the same thing on Steam. Yeah, you liked this game. Here's other games like it. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I just I think that you know, I think that Walking Simulator is definitely personally is definitely something that you know I want to see go away. And uh, it is. Um, you know, actually, some I was talking about because uh, you and I are. Uh, currently, well, I finished it, and you're currently working your way through uh, uh, Hellblade. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw someone refer to that <coughs> as a walking simulator. I've seen a lot of people refer to it as such. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Uh, like, what, no. Like, what, I, like, why do you think that people are are referring to it as such? Uh, I think that the people that are referring to it as such have played the other Ninja Theory games and were expecting Hellblade to be the same. Right. Um, whereas, you know, Hellblade has combat, but not a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, but like, if you think about what people typically use the term walking simulator to describe, right? Games like Firewatch, games like Gone Home, um, Hellblade is not that. Right. Right. You cannot interact with most of the things in the environment in Hellblade. Sure. There are very few things you can interact with in like, Hellblade. Like it points you to very specific things to right. interact with in that right. game. 
you know, like combat is not, you know, combat isn't the focus of that game, right? It's they're, you know, it's a, it's it is to tell a story, mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> you know, I like I don't I don't think that game has very many like in terms of mechanics. I don't think it has very many similarities to something like Gone Home or you know or Firewatch or right, you know, anything like that. Um, Shanae, have you gotten a chance to to look at Hellblade at all? No. Okay. Um, I think that's a game that, from a storytelling standpoint, um, will probably like really resonate with you, like as somebody who's like very like because you you've always struck me as like a very empathetic person. Thank you. So like I think that you're probably you're really going to like feel something for for Senua the the titular character of that game. It's funny that you say that. We were talking before the show about the development diaries of this game. Yeah. Uh, this game has been probably... It's the most open development that I've seen of a game. Right. Um, and part of that was talking about the importance of being empathetic with the title yeah. and the subject matter in the title. Yeah. So it's funny that you said that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also... Because the, the game tells you, like, up front, like, right when you start it up, you know, it tells you that uh, the game is dealing is dealing with themes of like of psychosis and and things like that. Oh, is it gonna make me sad? It it might. It's not. Oh. It's not a very happy story. Uh, um, and I think, and especially if you've ever met somebody or known somebody who suffers from that sort of thing, it like it kind of hits a little harder that uh, that way. But um, but if you're an otherwise like empathetic person, and you know. It it does it does have that kind of uh, impact. Um, leading into that though, Shanae, what is your in the genre in this particular genre, whatever we're gonna call it? What would you say is your favorite? Um, if what what's the term we want to use for this? I mean, you can use. Interactive? Is that I mean, like the best. I mean, that's fine. Um. <clears throat> Would Limbo count in this guy? No. Mm. Well, Puzzle platformer. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, and you're right. It's not first person either. Mm. I will also extend this to uh, visual novels. Ooh. I'm doing that. <clears throat> um. Probably. Uh, for doing extended. Uh, all like other visual novels, probably nameless. Okay. The one, uh, I did or check it out on, on it. The one you must recall. The yeah, one you, you must recall. recall. Yeah, it's uh, the name you want to touch, but you mustn't touch. Yeah. Um. I. <clears throat> they're actually. Uh. Yeah. It was just. It was uh almost. There's a lot of parts of it that were almost like satire, and there's not really any puzzling necessarily in that one. Okay. Uh. <clears throat> But yeah, I, I liked all the watercolors and stuff. I yeah. think. Um, but as far as I also, I, I mean, if we're gonna extend it to it as well, I mean, you said that we're c- counting Heavy Rain in it. I really enjoyed Heavy Rain. Okay. Uh, I played through that a bunch, and then also, uh, like, because if you bought a brand new, it came with a little origami paper and told you how to do it for like, right. a little origami killer. 
and I sat there for like at least an hour and a half while like I let my roommate take a turn Learning and like just origa- like just origamis. Oh yeah, just doing all these different origamis. Yeah, I made like seventy goddamn swans. Yeah, make me a swan. I can't. I lied. I, I'm, I'm really bad at it. I kept looking at YouTube tutorials and then getting sad. Like we got a real bullshit artist here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh, easily What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. Yeah. That game is my favorite game so far this year. And to me, that's saying a lot. A lot of good games came out this year. Yeah. You know? Um, I liked it better than Breath of the Wild. I like, liked it better that well, so far, what I play, played of Hellblade. Um, yeah. You haven't given Persona a chance. I haven't, but I will. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so far, that is my favorite game this year. Uh, I have a question. Okay. Uh, for either of you. Uh, if you could add, <clears throat> sorry, if you could add, not necessarily just for this genre, like genre of like Edith Finch, Heavy Rain, Visual One Novels, whatever. If you could add any genre, any like name for a group of games, uh, to the industry to be used regularly, what would it be, and what games would fall into that category that you think is not like super defined at this point, but you would like to be, tell somebody like, hey, it's this phrase, and they get like generally what kind of gameplay it is. Sure, physics racer. Physics racer? Yeah. Mm. There are a lot of games that that are not... Like, they are within the genre of arcade racer, but they are more than just that. Uh, Games like Flat Out, games like Burnout. uh, You know, these games have a more in-depth physics engine than most arcade racers do, than certainly any kart racers do, and than mo- most simulation racers do. Right. That is what those games specialize in, and there's nothing to applaud that. Yeah. What would you? Uh, what about uh, games like uh, Trials? Trials is physics based. Sure. Uh, it's funny though because like, it's hard to call Trials a racing game yeah. because yes, in theory, you're trying to get better times and all that, but yeah. really, if you just finish it, you're moving on. Yeah. You know. Uh. Because, like, for a game like that, uh, like, in, like if you're not looking at, like, a, like even, like, even looking at a video, it might be hard to tell. Um, but for a game like that, like, to know that it's, like, got physics-based stuff in it, mm-hmm. like, you kind of have to rely on them including that in the description of the game. Sure. And the games that I'm talking about, you know, the amount of work and detail that goes into 3D rendering mm-hmm. uh, is just far and away above anything that Trials has done sure, or sure, sure. that Gran Turismo or Forza have, have done. Yeah. You know? Um, and yes, part of that is due to the fact that they're not, that they're not using licensed vehicles and all that, but like, so they can do that stuff. Like, are you talking like uh, about like with like damage modeling and shit? Sure. Damage modeling, the way, the way things move, the way things feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be a, a defined term because people typically just lump those in with arcade racer. Right. And they are arcade racing games, sure. typically. Sure. Um, but there are ones that are not. What, uh, there is a game that's still in early access. It's been in early access for fucking years. It was called Next Car Game. I believe it's now called Wrecked. Okay. Um, Apostrophe D. I don't remember. Okay. But anyhow... You know, the game's been in early access for way too long. I think it still is. should be out already. Yeah. Uh, but the physics engine in that game is so impressive that they just give you an open playing field with all these crazy objects they've created 
just for you to fuck around and experiment with to see what what can be done. Right. Um, you're not going to get that in Forza. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get that in Ridge Racer. Yeah. Or Mario Kart, for that matter. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's, it's one of the it's it's an under underrepresented uh, genre. Hmm. You know, honestly, for when I think about every other kind of video game i've generally been okay with the uh with you know with how we're labeling them now uh, i never given any thought to uh the physics based thing or the physics racer thing um i do I, I do take umbrage though with how often i see still see um you know the legend of zelda being referred to as like a role-playing game hmm. um when <laughs> it is not that. So there's people. There's a lot of people that disagree on that. Um, what I think of when I think of of that is um, my, my dad. You know, when when I was younger, I forget what what he was playing. <clears throat> He's playing some some computer game that was like a fucking shooter or something like that, right? Mm. And. I'm talking about it, and he's like, yeah, I'm playing this role-playing game. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I'm like, that's not a role-playing game. You're not increasing stats or whatever, you know? Um, and my dad, and along with a lot of older people, people older than we are, believe it or not, they're out there. Um, that's surprising. Refer to a game <laughs> in which you are playing a role as a role-playing game. What they do not realize is that is not where the term role-playing game, RPG, comes from when we're talking about video games, yeah. you know? So no, with that reasoning, no, I would not consider most Zelda games to be role-playing games. I think there are some that are. Uh, but at the same time, we can't even unanimously agree as to whether or not Smash Brothers is a fighting game. <clears throat> so, um, I think most people agree th- that it is. Yeah. Um, let's see what I got here. All right. So uh, I'll start with you, Shanae. If it weren't, if, uh, if it weren't mandatory, mm-hmm. like if they didn't have to be there, would you have it? Would you still have uh, developers include trophies or achievements for games in the first-person uh, uh, interactive category? Um. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Because I think there's something wrong with liking your score on like Xbox or PlayStation or Steam or whatever. I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to like hundred percent something. And I think that it also when I do it, like it gives me kind of a point of reference of like how long I've been playing the game and I'm like, oh sure. a lot of things have been popping up and I oh shit, I've been doing this for three hours. Yeah. I need to get shit done in my life. So it, that has definitely happened before, so I'm okay with it. It, whatever makes someone happy, it doesn't like affect me in any way because I don't care about that. I think, and also I regularly, or in the past, I used to regularly change names, so my score was always like super low on everything. And I'm like, don't care, I'm still playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering who you're trying to escape from, changing your name like that. Uh, I've been on the lam for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? What do you think? Uh, as somebody who spends a lot of time getting trophies and achievements. Yeah. You know, I mean, when, when I was big into Xbox, I had the highest gamer score of my friends list, right? Baller. Uh, with PlayStation trophies for a long time until I had as many friends as I do on there now, when it was just people I actually know in real life. Sure. Uh, 
uh, I had the highest the highest trophy level of my friends, right? Now, Corey now came. there's people like Corey that are like way, way far ahead of me. Demolished you. That being said, no, I do not think it should be mandatory. Um, you know, as you might recall, PlayStation 3 early releases did not have trophy support. Right. Um, games on Steam are not required to have achievements. Uh I think Xbox seems to be the most strict on it. Yeah. In that you must have gamer score like and a, it must like equate to this much determined by the cost of the product. Right. Um, which I think is strange. I think that as a creator, if you are making a game that you want somebody to play for just the story yeah. and you don't want them to worry about trying to get this thing, right? Uh, that, yeah, I think it'd be very appealing if I was a developer to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to have any trophies. Yeah. Um, there are certain games that have very few and PlayStation allows this. Uh, there are PlayStation games with one trophy. Right. There are Steam games with one achievement. Right. You know, but I think if you don't want to have them, you, sh- you shouldn't have to. Oh, I haven't had, uh, I haven't really played, like messed around with Xbox that much. So I forgot. Uh, recently said, I totally forgot that they have to have a certain number. I don't know if that's still the way, but at least on 360, that's how it was. Yeah. yeah. $60 game had 2000 I think it was. 2000 or 20000 It's 2000 dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then, 2000, yeah. yeah, like a $30 game was at another point, you yeah. know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. But, um, yeah, that's stupid. I, uh, there have been times when, uh, and I... Like, I know that there's, I'm pretty sure there's a way to disable it, but at the same time, like, there have been times where there was, like, a really, really great uh, story point that was, like, unfolding in front of me, and that shit just got fucked up. up. That It got fucked up. Like, the whole mood got ruined because of that notification. Yeah, you can disable it on Steam and PlayStation. Uh, I would assume you can on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, you know, that happened a few times. Like, and, you know, with, like... With, like, you know, typical, like, action games, like, if I'm playing, you know, Metal Gear Rising, I'm not going to give a shit. Right. But if I'm playing, like, I'm playing, you know, The Last of Us and... Well, it's like you said, you're playing Gone Home right now. Yeah. You know? I don't want that I don't want that going down. Which, it's funny because the developers put this in, you know, developers make the trophies, and, and right, right. not not the the platform holders, right? Right, right. But, like, Gone Home has a speedrun trophy. Yeah, like, I feel I, like that's a game you want to take yeah, your time. Yeah, I feel like you're missing the point of that game. Yeah. Then, but you know, they, it's, it's, they don't. Fulbright doesn't. Steve Gainer doesn't feel that way. So. Yeah, it's really weird to be tone deaf about your own project. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so it goes. Um, Tom, where would you like to see that genre go next? I think uh, I'd like to see more like Firewatch and more like Edith Finch. There are games like Gone Home. I really love Gone Home. Um, there are, are things about Gone Home that I've not seen done as well in other games, right? Like Gone Home, compared to Edith Finch, there are more objects I can interact with in Gone Home, right? I can go into the living room and pick up a VHS tape and see the label... Uh, or pick up a, a TV guide and flip through it and see programming from that time that I remember. And I think that's very powerful. Uh, that being said, games like Edith Finch and uh, Firewatch give you a little bit more to do. 
you know you're not killing guys you're not leveling up but but it does give you a little bit more to do yeah and i, I like that um i don't i do not want them to go and i don't want firewatch to be a fucking call of duty you know but you I know, don't want that, the level but, of interaction that you have in Firewatch is more. Yeah, the, right? the fact that I've got a fun saver that I can take a set amount of pictures with and, yeah. and shit like that. Like I, I like that. Yeah. What about you, Shanae? Uh, are you the question? Uh, where would you like to see the genre go next? Mm. Hmm. see it go in the dumpster am i right yeah <laughs> no, uh i like all right yeah sorry i kind of like got like a little add there but yeah uh when you asked the question originally the first thing that popped in my head mm-hmm. was uh was uh do a like having it par- uh partnered with like marvel or dc or some comic book thing and going through comic book stories and sure. a first person interactive i think it'd be super fun especially like horror ones yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, do you not feel like that's kind of what Telltale has done? I mean, it's not first person, sure. but like they're no longer point and click adventure games. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're not. I yeah. guess like I guess, <laughs> yeah. they are more similar to David Cage games than they are to mm-hmm. LucasArts games. Yeah, you know, because they got like cause there's a lot of, like a lot of action sequences with time prompts, right? And, you know, All right. Because I, I think it'd be fun to do like a fir- like a first person interactive thing of uh, like the new Miss Marvel and like seeing what her story is like yeah like have it be like a precursor game <clears throat> uh, to like a movie coming out even then like you can use scenes from the movie I think I think it, the genre opens itself a lot to uh, adding more like obviously adding more depth to w- different medias pretty so easily. Do you guys know the reason we don't have a lot of of first person licensed games? I don't. Because people want to see those characters. That makes, when it is that an original sense. story, you want to be the character. But when that you were sense. when you were playing as the Hulk or when you were playing as Spider Gwen, you want to see that character. Sure. And I was actually just thinking uh, while you were talking about it, Shanae, that I feel like it would be more interesting to be uh, a bystander in those stories. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, you know, like uh, I feel like it would be interesting to uh to be a bystander when uh when Spider Man first makes his debut you know um you want to be macy gray yeah when he comes like, swinging i in. want him oh, to macy interrupt macy my gray? concert yeah like <laughs> yeah. uh or uh you know have a murder ball when and i'll be slipknot in that in that game oh yeah I about that. <laughs> um but it also would lend itself well to uh, a, like a better saw game or yeah uh, uh like Obviously, horror genre is pretty good in it. We already have 999. That's the best Saw game you're going to get. No, I think that the Saw game is the best Saw game you're going to get. <laughs> no. Okay? No. So let's put that to bed it? right now. No, of course not. I lived it. <laughs> all right? <laughs> I saw all those movies. All right? All of them? I actually have seen every Saw movie, yes. Holy shit. I've only seen the first one. Yeah. I liked it, though. Dude, I, I've every seen- Halloween for like five or six years, I was at the theater watching Saw I movies. I feel like there was like nine of them. Yeah, and there's they're coming out with another one, and I'm no so way. I'm but excited. this one is not called Saw. Oh fuck that! What's then. The, what's the guy's name? Uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, I think it's called Jigsaw. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird that Jigsaw made like a we- uh, an appearance in Dead Silence. Did but- you see the trailer for Jigsaw, Shanae? No, I didn't you know, know they existed. Yeah, dude, and the song they use is getting jiggy with it. Nice! <laughs> Are you lying? Yeah, I'm lying. 
I got super excited. Because I, I, was, was, I, was I don't like, even know if there's a trailer. I was, I, I was thinking, I was like, that sounds too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me to make your trailers. Uh, you should. That'd be a great job. Here's a question. Could these story, Tom, could these stories be told as movies? And do you think that something like a visual novel would be less impactful if it were an actual novel? I think that there are certain ones that could be told as movies or be actual novels, and I think there are certain ones that cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of Edith Finch, I think that reading about being a baby in a bathtub playing with bath toys or watching a movie of a baby in a bathtub playing with bath toys uh, is not as immersive, cannot be as immersive sure. as you controlling that baby right. playing with your fucking frog. Also, I think it's a, like, I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be a little bit harder to deal with the death of a baby if you weren't playing it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like just like watching, there are watching, some, watching a baby die in a bathtub, uh, in, not in, great. In some ways, it could be, it could be more powerful, and in some ways, I think it, it would be less powerful. Yeah. Um, I think it it just depends. Title the title, yeah. You know, uh, Firewatch, uh, which they are making a movie of, I think it can be can be an awesome movie. Sure. Will it be? Probably not, but yeah. ho- hopefully, you know. Would you watch Gone Home? Uh, yeah, I'd watch Gone Home. I think. Gone Home by Michael Bay. Gone Home <laughs> exists, to me, much like uh, Emily's Away exists in a vacuum to where, like, Gone Home was powerful to me the first time I played it. Right. And now that I know the story of Gone Home, it will never have that impact on me again. Well, what I'm saying is, like, assuming that these games didn't exist and the movie existed in, in their place, do you think that if you had watched Gone Home as a movie, it would have impacted you the same way? I think it would depend on who the cast is, which the cast would be one person right? in Gone Home's case. Uh, Ryan, I know you've seen it. Have you ever seen the movie Four Rooms? Nope. So Four Rooms stars Tim Roth, uh, along with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Madonna's in there. Antonio Banderas is in there. But San Antonio Banderas? Yeah, but it mostly, <laughs> mostly stars Tim Roth and... Uh, Tim Roth, uh, his his take on this movie is playing this bellhop. Is he was most inspired by Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. um, and how do you emote and express things with very little talking? That character does speak, but that character has very very few lines of dialogue in that film. Right, and I think with something like Gone Home, you have to have an actress that can do that. Sure, how do you make a movie with Almost no dialogue. Sure. You know. Uh, Other than the thoughts going through your head. Sure. You know. Because, uh, I mean... Ba- it, 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 sorry. Based on what I know, uh, like, she... Like, based on what I know, the the main <coughs> character, she's by herself the entire thing, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's one other movie. There's actually another movie that's... Uh, and it's dicey marketing a movie like that, the yeah. way that that game was marketed. Yeah. You know, a lot of people thought Gone Home was a horror game when they first bought it. It's not. Yeah. But, you know. Like even the even like even thinking about like the cover art can kind of make me. Yeah, it's kind of spooky looking. Yeah. Uh, there's another movie. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have heard of it. It's called Nightingale. Mm-mm. Um. So the movie, uh, the whole movie takes place inside one house. Like kind of like gone home, uh, except like the the setup for the movie is the guy. It's this guy who 
uh, at the beginning of the movie, it's made clear to you that he had murdered his mom. And, like, uh, the whole movie is him having conversations with people, like, over the phone and, like, living his life and, like, updating his, like, his video journal, uh, talking about, like, his day-to-day and, like, all the things that he's doing and things that he's done. And it's, like, it's the whole movie is just, like, one-sided conversation and, like, all this, like, this <sighs> external monologue that he's having. It's actually really neat. See, and in that, you know, you're saying it, it takes place in one one home. And earlier, you and I were talking about Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> along with Clerks. Yeah. And how those are filmed in one location. I think that is where, you know, a movie like Gone Home, if they were, if they were to make a Gone Home movie, uh, I think it has a better chance at success than something like Assassin's Creed or World of Warcraft. Right. Because there is such a low risk. Yeah. Um, you're not spending a lot of money to make a Gone Home movie. Sure. So you don't need to make a lot of money. Mm. Who would you cast if... For Gone Home? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I was actually... There was actually a few characters, like, going through my mind. For some reason, I don't know why, but my mind keeps, like, uh, keeps wandering to Nev Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think that I think that a movie like that, you, I'd like to see like some fresh faced newcomer. They'd have to have a really like calming voice. Um. So like, so, like what? Because I'm assuming they would probably narrate the thoughts. Well, I guess it wouldn't even have to technically be her voice either. It'd just be someone else. Um. Who's that lady? I never remember her name. And it'd have to be when she was younger. But the the actress. In Death to Smoochie. Oh, Catherine Keener? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, she would be great. I mean, she'd have to be a little younger, yeah. but I think she'd be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about Edith Finch, and, like, Edith Finch was, like, on my mind as I was, as I was you know, thinking about this week, and... Well, and also, you're playing Gone Home this week yeah. for the first time. Uh, and the like the the stories that we went through like it's it's weird because for Shanae and I this was a completely passive experience because mm-hmm. you were you know you had the controls the entire time but you know i just feel like i feel like that story could have been told any other way um and i feel like you could have told it but it wouldn't have had the impact yeah for sure you know uh, there's things like Shanae said like Shanae said i do think certain things would be more powerful yeah. In other mediums, but I think overall, yeah. uh, that game needs to be played. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. All right. So, aside from story, mm-hmm. um, and this is, uh, and I had an answer in my head when I wrote this, uh, but um, aside from story, uh, what would you say is the most important part of these games? environment okay um level design you know uh with games like with all three of the ones that we're mostly talking about gone home what remains of edith finch and firewatch none of these have like huge environments they're all pretty closed in uh considering like if you could consider most other games right um but they're all connected so well I don't know how far you are in Gone Home, so I don't want to ruin anything for you. But they're, they're all connected extremely well in that 
you know, when you start up Edith Finch, there's there's a lot of people that live in that house. Yeah. Like five. Um, and there are some parts that are locked off, but you don't really naturally go to those locked off places. You naturally go in the order that the game wants you to go in, yeah. even though you don't have to. Uh, Firewatch is a little bit different. There is a map to be used, um, but like those three games, along with a handful of others, kind of lead the player uh, along in which like you know you start up gone home you, you go where the fuck you want sure you know um so i think there's a lot to be said for that it, and that and that is partly due to level design uh partly due to other things I, item placement lighting that that sort of thing there are visual cues that game designers put in games to tell the player hey go here yeah. without telling you hey go here yeah you know um i think we've gotten past not just in these kinds of games. In, in all games, I think we should be past the point of having the giant arrow sure. pointing you to the next place to go. Sure. Um, uh, depending on the genre. Even if it's something like Grand Theft Fucking Auto. I don't think that's... What about Lego that's, games? Like, things for kids. Lego yeah. games are so linear. Like, even the open world Lego games. Even Marvel, Lego Marvel Super Heroes and Lego Batman 3 are, are so linear, even being open, that you don't really need that. I don't. You know? But I mean, like, children do. Yeah, and I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was the thing that bothered me most about Dead Space. About the, I don't need that the, line the, on the floor. The hand line, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Shane? What would you say? In in speaking specifically about uh, first person interactive games, what would you say aside from the story that they're telling is the most important part? Uh, I mean, I can go on aesthetics as well because I do agree with that. But sure. uh, another thing that uh, is I feel like is pretty important. Uh, is, uh, obviously the sounds, the ASMR, the, uh, like the music behind it, when sure. it gets quiet, when, when it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of, with Edith Finch, there was a lot of times where they're turning the pages and I was like, oh, that just like sounds good. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just sounds good. Yeah. And it's like, it helps with the immersion a lot and helps just bring more to the story. Yeah. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree, uh. You know, a large part of um, a large part of uh, Edith Finch, uh, which I think also kind of uh, helped me with uh, Hellblade as well, is that the world, like everything, like the environment in in both of those titles, it just feels like almost like a dream. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it feels like you're like just like walking your way through this dream, and it's kind of it it, it puts you in kind of that mindset. Well, of, Go ahead. I think it's because, um, like, when you do dream, uh, mm. a lot of times you know some somebody is a person, even if they don't look like it. You right. know that something is happening, even though there's no, like, clues that it's happening. But you know it. And I feel like it's a very similar <coughs> experience to a lot of these first-person interactives. Like, you know a general, like, oh, I got to get through here. But you don't really know why. And I think that helps with the dreamlike experience. Yeah. You guys... I mean, I know you have. Have you played Uncharted, any of them? Yes. Yeah. So, like, remember in the earlier games, what was telling you to go somewhere was that it was yellow? Yes. We talked about it when we talked about the language in video games. So we talked and about that, that since, near's edge. That has since changed. That is no longer the case with those games. And uh, I think that shows growth. That, sh- that shows growth in, in the level designer and the animators of, the, of those games. You know? Yeah. Um, same thing with GTA, right? I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember GTA Five ha- having a giant arrow. 
there's a map and yeah, a radar and all lets that. You, it but... gives you a GPS system, which I right. guess is but that like, is much more immersive. Yeah, it's, to a, me it's, a, than... it's a believable solution right. to the navigation problem. Uh, one of the I remember so uh, Shanae, I don't know if you know these games, but Tom, you remember the uh, the games uh, uh, the Getaway? Yeah. No. Okay, so I've seen it, but I don't. Know. I've never played it or anything. So, uh, really early PS2, 2002, 2003. Um, so uh, there was uh, basically the the games uh, are kind of they they say that they're open world. They're not really. Oh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. London Heist is a spinoff of the Getaway. Yeah. Uh, so what is? London Heist, the PSVR oh. game. So when you are driving, like the game, like there is no HUD. In, in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't know what your health is. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't show you what your health is. It doesn't show you how many bullets you have in your gun. Uh, it doesn't even give you a map to help you figure out from, like, how to get from one point to another. What it does, though, is as you're driving, uh, if you need to if you need to turn left, then the signal indicators on the car will start flashing to tell you which way to turn. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's... You know, it's, it's little things like that. Now, it's not like, and that's kind of the only way to like. If you're not, if you're gonna have a game like that where you're driving around in a city and you don't have, you know, and you choose to forego a HUD, then you kind of have to do that. Especially if you have a player base who doesn't, who's never been to that city before. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that there are developers who are trying very hard at the onset to get away from that. But it's something that we've kind of grown accustomed to. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with uh, things that we've become accustomed to in games now, right? Because uh, you were playing through that Genesis collection. Uh, you are playing Streets of Rage 2, and you were like, I'm not going to let myself continue, <clears throat> right? Right. And we're talking then because we were talking about uh, what the reaction people had to the idea that in Hellblade, after you die a certain number of times, then oh, that's yeah. it. Right, like it, like, and like every game used to be that way, and no yeah. one complained. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it just so it's it's kind of we've uh, I wouldn't call <clears throat> it a regression, but I would definitely call it like a shift in you know how much people I guess can take as far as uh, any kind of uh, narrative based challenge is concerned. I mean, here's the thing: I can understand why it's been removed from most games. Right, uh, that was. That was something that came about in arcades. Yeah. We want people to lose so, you can so that they can quarters. pump more quarters in yeah. so that they can continue. And that's something that carried over into console gaming. Sure. Um, I can see why it's gone. But in the case of Hellblade, I think that it makes the game more immersive and it gives you a level of anxiety that you would not otherwise have. I mean, you'd still, you'd still be anxious. It's an anxious fucking game. But like, yeah. it it adds an even further layer to that. Yeah. I agree. Shanae, what is an existing game franchise that that could uh, do well with an FPI crossover? Or spinoff, rather, I should say. Mm, obviously, Last of Us. Mm, okay. Uh, this- I mean, that's kind of what Left Behind was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Take out the present-day LE combat sections. If it was just yeah. the parts with Riley, that's pretty much what that game is. Yeah. Uh, I think Witcher uh, would be really easy to do. Uh, just like one of the characters that is in the story, but not like super in depth done. Sure. Uh, figure. I think it would be a lot for uh, like world building, and it would be okay. pretty easy. Anything like that. The uh, Witcher. Hello, Witcher. The Witcher. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I mean, anything with, like, a deep lore, uh, like, uh, Witcher, uh, not really Assassin's Creed, because that's kind of, eh. But, uh, like, World of Warcraft, uh, I mean, it's not, like, first-person shooters, because Call of Duty wouldn't really do well, but I guess, like, more RPG sort of things. Okay. Um. I mean, not first-person shooters is kind of, like, maybe not Call of Duty, but I think they're first-person shooters that would do well, uh. Something like a System Shock or a Bioshock or like... Oh, yeah, you know. yeah. definitely. Definitely. Uh, Bioshock would be super easy to do and yeah. give a real... I think it would be really fun. And they're known for like being beautiful anyway, so mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Tom? Street Fighter. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I mean, something... Interesting, because my mind immediately goes to something like System Shock or Dead Space, uh, where you can explore an environment like that. Uh, I've yet to play Tacoma, but that just came out this week, and uh, maybe that'll scratch that itch. I kind of doubt it, because it's Fulbright. Um, I think it'll... Don't get me wrong, I like Fulbright, but I don't think it'll be that kind of game. Yeah. Like, yes, it is going to be an FPI game, but I don't think that there will be any horrific elements to it sure you know i would like to go through uh the uh the resident evil one mansion mm. uh like that the spencer mansion i don't remember right maybe um but like maybe as because that was like on top of like a fucking laboratory right so it'd be cool to like be in there like as maybe you know one of the scientists that was working there before it got all fucked up um the last of us like you said except uh except like do like do left behind like tell the story of of ellie and riley but like way before like way before like that uh before uh the events of like uh before the events of left behind like their life like maybe when they first met or like when uh when ellie was first like coming to her own or maybe even have you played as Riley or maybe another kid entirely. I mean, to me, it has to be, there has to be an interesting story to tell. Sure. And is there, is there anything of significance to tell before that? You maybe, know? maybe. Uh, I think actually, no, that wouldn't that actually, cause I was, I was about to say, um, I was about to say, uh, fuck, um, for, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. It's the the don't nod game. Life is strange. Life is strange, um, which is no longer don't nod. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that might that could be an interesting FPI, but like then I was like, nah, like I I don't think I actually don't think I'd like to play like play like a, in that world like that. But um, yeah, you never know. I don't know. It's funny that like you brought it back around with like what other games could we put into that genre because people, not everybody, a lot of people love these games, but there's a lot of people that do not like these games and are very vocal about it. Yeah. Because um, the whole thing is like, they're not games. Right. Right. But it, it's funny because it's the elements from titles like these is kind of what gave us first person shooters like Half-Life, like Bioshock. Sure. Um you know, people point to Half-Life 1 where you ride the tram and you're going through the fucking laboratory and all that. And good morning, Mr. Freeman and all this and that. Dude, Dude those are elements from games like this. Has there, you know? is there, because I feel like there has to, by now, be some kind of Black Mesa FPI. I don't know. There has to be. I don't know. If there, but, but, there ought to be. But, you know, what I'm getting at is like, 
it's it's these elements that inspired those games that you love so much. Sure. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I would like to move on. I didn't uh, have time to prepare a picture of this person or anything, but... Um, okay. Is it no, me? No. Okay. No, but because uh, I feel like that encaps our conversation on there. I decide. Okay. Okay. You need to go to there? Well, that, that encaps this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, not uh, we talked about doing rotating segments at, near the end of the show and being kind of a quick th- just tribute to somebody, or uh, some uh, we call that section of- the rotators. Um, no, uh, we're gonna do like highlighting developers, but also I think other people in the communities and history of video games that people should like you know just look up if you're interested in it. Uh, the person that I picked was is Ted uh, Woolsey. Okay. I've only ever heard the name, not ever heard it because i've only i mean i watch interviews but i just don't remember ever hearing it uh he was square's english uh localization translator from in the 90s he did things like chrono trigger final fantasy 3 and 6 and um secrets of mana <coughs> okay uh like he has had pretty like profound uh impact on um on as far as english uh like localizations go uh a lot of uh, like he's even on, uh, has his own like tropes page on like TV tropes, because uh, and a lot of people have taken a lot of his methods and a lot of his hints to bring more games from other countries to the U.S. And I just thought I'd give him a sh- give it a shout out. If you want to see more works he's done or anything like that? Right on. Uh, he now owes us twenty three thousand dollars for that Shit. plug. So, uh, all right. Right on, Shane. Hey, uh, I guess this would be the part of the show where you, uh, you want to plug something. What have you been? What have you been into lately? Uh, I've just been. Uh, Game of Thrones is back, as most people know. Never heard of it. Mm, okay. Well, shit. Okay. Um. So Game of Thrones is back. So I've just been watching that. I, I found a new like little phone app thing. Game uh, of Phones. Okay. Oh, nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's uh this like company that does like a bunch of different. Is that Gonzo? Yeah, yeah, that one is gone. That thing's on Gonzo. Okay. Uh, it's this company that does like a bunch of different fandom Where, like, apps. Muppet babies. Yeah, not well. He wasn't a baby there. Oh. Uh no. Uh, they do like a bunch of different apps. Uh, like for different fandoms. I okay. Uh, it's thrown uh thrones amino for ice and fire. Uh, is what the, like, is on the iTunes is called. Okay. Uh, like, there's, like, discussion pages, there's, like, quizzes, there's, like, theorizing and, like, mm-hmm. good conversations, and it's a nice forum, mm-hmm. uh, to just kind of, uh, just if you're into different fandoms. I think there's, like, a, a Harry Potter one I saw and a okay. Doctor Who one, I think. Okay. So, yeah, if you are into fandoms or want to get more on Game of Thrones. Can um, you get more on Muppet Babies? Uh, I'll, I'll, let me look right now. We have the capability. Um, but yeah, and then I've been. D- <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because you saying that like made me immediately think of whether or not someone no, has written Muppet Babies fan fiction. Mm. So what you're saying is that app's really not that good then. Yeah, not that great since it doesn't have uh, Muppet Babies. <laughs> What's with you and the Muppet Babies? I don't know. <laughs> oh, and I just went. Yeah, I just went to their thing, and apparently they do more than fandoms. They do like. Uh, 
LGBT chat, okay. furries, okay. crafting, okay. cosplay. Okay. Okay. So I guess it's a bunch of stuff. But they also is a Game of Thrones one, and it's super fun. Shanae, if you were in a cosplay as any character, who would it be? Go from the Muppet Babies. From- <laughs> <laughs> yes, from the- if you were to cosplay as any Muppet Baby, I feel like Shanae would make a really great Beaker. Oh, for sure. I don't th- was Beaker ever a Muppet Baby? Yes, I saw. I remember seeing Bunsen. I don't remember seeing Beaker though. I don't well, remember. Bunsen was there. Then Beaker was definitely there. <coughs> One would assume. Yeah, but you know, Animal was there. The rest of his band wasn't fucking there. Yeah. Doc- oh, could you imagine the nightmare that that Doctor Teeth was as a baby? Oh man, yeah, gross. Or that. uh No, it totally was. He's in like a t- too big shirt. Oh yeah, too big a shirt. Yeah. Oh, there's Rolf and there's Scooter and. You are more of a scooter skeeter. Scooter skeeter? You look like scooter. Those things are terrifying, by the way. Scooter and skeeter? Mm. Why? Because their eyes are like, in their glasses? No, because like <laughs> they're the only ones, like, I guess Bunsen and Beaker fit into this as well. Or like, are they people? No. You know? Well, like, none of them are. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, are those people? You know? Yeah. Like, I guess, well... I don't think we're meant to know. No, well, no, I no, I think Scooter and Skeeter are like specifically supposed to be like gophers or something like that. I don't think so, dude. They're gophers. They'd give them some wild teeth or something like that. Oh yeah, I think they're like Nanny's actual kids. <laughs> that she, <laughs> that's yeah. I think you just uh, that's a good fan theory. I'm gonna put it on that app. Yeah, put it on. Put it on the uh, what's it called? Mm. Famino. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, what's it called, Shanae? Um, Hello? Amino. Shanae's eating cookies from Keebler. We're kind of like Muppet Babies. Uh, what's yeah. it called? What's the app called again? Amino. Amino? Okay. The app is called Amino. Go, log into Amino, Tom, and uh, put that fan theory. Okay. Make your, sure your name is Amino Tom. Okay. Okay. On that note, guys, that will... Uh, Scooter was supposed to be a gopher. That's right. That's right. I don't see it. That will be the end of this week's Save Continue podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. It's always a pleasure. My name is Ryan Robinson. This is Tom Shelby. Bye. Shanae Howard. Bye. Later.